We're going to be in 1 Kings this morning. 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. I like the, the visual that that song gives us, especially in that last verse. Rest your head upon his breast. Listen to his heartbeat as it beats for you. And as he calls us to come. And so many times, uh, calling us to come and yet missing that call, not hearing that call because we're listening to other things. You, you know what I'm talking about. Because life gets very, very busy, life gets very noisy. And one of the biggest distractions for us, uh, something that provides us with so much in our lives in this day and time, is this thing right here. <laughs> this is a, they call it a smartphone. And it notifies me about many, many things. Uh, tells me when I've got a phone call. Tells me when I've got a text. Uh, tells me when something of interest that I have looked at or read before, something new that I might be interested in, it notifies me about that. It tells me about the weather. Uh, it lets me know the latest news. It's notifying me constantly. Constantly. And yet, God would have me be still and know that He is God. And that's what we see in our couple of verses that we're going to read this morning about Elijah. And as we look in 1 Kings 19, verses 11 and 12, I want us to think about whether we're getting God's notifications to us or are there so many other noises and so many other notifications that we're missing out on those. So let's look at verse number 11 of 1 Kings 19. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. A still, small voice. So, how easy is it for me to hear the still, small voice of God in this world, in this day and time, when there are so many things in my everyday life that are making noise? And you know, these phones, they're so helpful in so many ways they help us to keep track of the people that we love and people that we think we might love because of the things that they share with us. We may not know them personally, but boy, their lives sure do look fun and interesting. You know, we follow people on things like Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. Most of us know what those things are. We send friend requests. We send push notifications. We publish what we think in tweets and blogs because we think people want to hear. And we look at stories. We have stories about our own lives. We've got reels. We've got vlogs. Uh, we post 
anywhere about anything. And it seems people are interested. And not just people, but corporations and businesses as well. In this day and time, any individual can be their own brand or a self-labeled influencer. And you can have your own at page, hashtag. And what we end up doing with all of this is we begin to measure how important we are, our worth as a person, and our social status by how many likes we get, how many shares we get, how many followers we have, how many friends we have. And if we can go viral, which seems to me the most ridiculous thing in the world that we're living in now, who wants to go viral? That doesn't sound good, does it? Based on what we're facing every day. But you know what I'm talking about, going viral. Everybody's watching, everybody's looking, everybody's sharing, everybody's liking. And then there's still the benefit of the news because we like to know the news we like to be informed people. And because of these phones, we don't have to wait to hear yesterday's news tomorrow. We can hear news as it happens. We get it in what they call real time. Real time. And it has affected not only those of us that are uh, in our 60s and 50s and 40s and 30s, but it affects our children as well, who will now go online to watch other people, adults and other children, open up toys and play with them while they have the same toy sitting in a box on a shelf behind them. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And then we have parents who even at, you know, as, as, as their children are born and, and going through infancy and becoming a toddler, they're scripting their children's lives in the hopes that one day it will bring about a payday, either for themselves or for their, for their children. So, you know, when it used to be important and the dream used to be, you know, I want to grow up, I want to have a home, I want to have a car, I want to have a job, I want to have a family. It seems the most pressing and most important thing for people nowadays, not those things, but that we have a phone in our hand that we have a phone in our hand. Because when we have a phone in our hand, we're, we're unrestricted. We can see anything. We can go anywhere. We can see anybody. And so what used to be science fiction is now science fact. I remember when Dad would bring home, he would bring home uh, wood from the furniture factory, and he would bust it up for kindling. And we'd have these little blocks of wood. And I would, I would take a block of wood and I would, make, I would make, I guess back then it would be considered the communication device that Captain Kirk had in Star Trek. You know what I'm saying? I would draw a screen and buttons and I'd walk around and I would be like, do, 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 do. And, and I was, you know, I was just in my own world living a dream. And then years later, here it is. They took my idea and made millions and billions of dollars. And they didn't give me any of it. I guess, I guess the fact that they let me have a phone, which I paid for and paid for every month, is, is good enough. But, you know, we have far surpassed the, the, the watch that Dick Tracy used to wear. <laughs> and we have far surpassed the communication device that Captain Kirk 
used to use in Star Trek. And because of that, and because they're so important, we have become conditioned uh, to the noises that these phones make and, and the, the intrusions that they cause in our lives. Now, I want to do a little experiment with you this morning. How many of you have a smartphone? Raise your hand. Okay. Most of us have a smartphone. All right. I'm going to ask you some questions. How many of you, don't, don't raise your hand. Just, these are the internal questions, answer up here. How many of you never turn your phone off? How many of you are constantly checking your phone for missed messages, emails, notifications, phone calls, even when you don't hear a tone or feel it vibrate? How many of you are still constantly checking your phone? How many of you are charging your battery even though it's nowhere near being dead, but you're continually charging it? Um, how many of you take your phone with you everywhere you go, even to the bathroom? I'm not even going to look at you when I ask that question. Uh, how many of you sleep with your phone uh, or it's real close to you when you're asleep? How many of you are, have a fear of not being able to connect to Wi-Fi or not being able to connect to a network? How many of you are concerned about something bad happening and not being able to communicate or call somebody for help? How many of you stress over being disconnected to your online presence, to your uh, social networks? How many of you get crazy about not being able to, to check those? Um, how many of you skip activities and planned events so that you can spend more time on your phone? How many of you feel like sometimes your phone is vibrating when it's not? Wow. Well, listen, this is what the experts say. If you said yes to any of those, and I said yes to several of those, if you say yes to any of those, then you have formed a psychological attachment to your phone that is called nomophobia. And what that stands for is no mobile phone phobia. No mobile phone phobia. And if you feel that phone vibrate and it hasn't vibrated, then you're a victim of phantom ringing syndrome. I'm not making this up. This is real. And then, too, you know, researchers have to research something. <laughs> so they've researched our, our connection with our phones, and they say that those of us who check our phones excessively, I don't know what excessively is, uh, do so because of dopamine. And how many of you know what dopamine is? How many of you have heard of dopamine? It's the happiness hormone. That's what it is. And so anytime we, we listen, we hear a notification noise, or we get an email, or we hear the phone ringing, our dopamine level is rising because we think we're getting ready to hear some new information, something exciting, something that maybe no one has seen yet, something that's going to be the, ne the best thing since the last best thing that I saw and we don't want to miss out we don't want to miss out on that and so we check that phone and we keep checking that phone and we keep checking that phone and I stand before you as one guilty of the things that I'm talking about and we also have developed an issue that's called FOMO F-O-M-O -O. do you know what that is that's the fear of missing out the fear of missing out. And it can be so powerful 
that we never turn off our, our phones, and if they ever die, we feel like we're going to <laughs> until we get it charged up again. Um, you know, we, we interrupt our meals. We're willing to interrupt meals with our family to answer the phone. Uh, I can remember, I, don't, I haven't seen this in a while, but I remember uh, watching TV or movies, and if there were a couple enjoying a meal together, if the phone rang, and one of them answered, the other person was offended. You know, am I not important enough that you can't cut your phone off and spend a little quality time with me? But now if one person answers the phone, the other one gets their phone out. You know, and they just stay on the phone. And, and that's, that's what a night out together is, being on, on each other's phone. People were surveyed, asked the question, 80%, and this doesn't surprise me, but 80% of the people surveyed were willing to stop watching television so that they could get onto their phones. You know, years ago, it was the TV we were concerned about, isn't it? We're watching too much television. 40% of the people said they would be willing to answer the phone while eating a meal. So we respond to these noises. We respond to the phone vibrating. We respond to these notifications and these comments. And we listen to the voices of other people. And we're willing to listen to all of these things because of that fear of missing out and that uh, nomophobia and, and all of that. We listen to all of these voices, but do we ever take the time to listen to the voice of God? And are we getting His notifications? Think about that. Are we getting His notifications? As a child of God, <laughs> well, you know, I get that because as I was studying and I was reading, you know, you, you, the Holy Spirit convicts you and you see, you see what you're doing and you see how, th how things can affect you. And, you know, God is trying to notify us constantly uh, through, through the Holy Spirit. That's how He speaks to us. You get that, right? Absolutely, that's how He speaks to us. But... Even in those moments, I feel that he is speaking to us. If our phone rang, would we, would we say, hang on, God, got to get this? You know, you, you, that's where we're at. And see, in the scripture that we just read at the beginning with Elijah, um, he, he had just gotten a notification from Jezebel. And Jezebel had just told him, that she was going to kill him. He was going to die. She was after him. And he got this notification, and it affected him in a powerful way because he became very depressed, and he began wallowing in self-pity, and he began to wonder, am I the only one that's trying to live right? Am I the only one in this world that is trying to do the right thing? And he was overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed, and he just felt like things were off. And, and that... It, that mirrors our existence today. We are overwhelmed by what's going on in the world. And everything seems off. Everything seems a little bit off and negative. And, and everything we hear and see takes its toll on us as children of God. But we've got to look to see what Scripture tells us. And when we look at Scripture, we see that people in Bible times were experiencing the very same things that we're going through today. Job in chapter 5, verse 7, said, Man is born unto trouble. Man is born unto trouble. 
Jesus said, in this world you're going to have tribulation. So we get from these, just these two statements that as a Christian, I am going to experience trouble in this world. I'm going to have problems. And it's not going to be good sometimes. But Scripture says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. The sun will rise on the evil and on the good, and the rain on the just and on the unjust. So I'm going to have trouble. I'm going to have hardship. I'm going to have pain. I'm going to have heartache. And as a Christian, as a child of God, as his treasured possession, I am not guaranteed that I will never hear the word cancer. I'm not guaranteed that I will never hear the word terminal. I'm not guaranteed that I will never have to cry over wayward children. I'm not guaranteed that I will never be lied to. I'm not guaranteed that I will never be lied about. I'm never guaranteed that I'm not going to lose somebody I love, and I'm never guaranteed that I'm not going to feel like quitting, that I'm always going to be good and ready to go for whatever. I'm not guaranteed a perfect life and a problem-free life. And I mentioned Job, but you've also got, you got to look at David. You know, David, a man after God's own heart, worshiper. He was a king. Even David, the king of Israel, was not exempt from pain. And he experienced a lot of pain. And Job, we've already mentioned, Scripture tells us he was a righteous man. But he went through more than it seemed like anybody in the history of mankind has ever had to go through. And he, he went through so much that he ended up saying, My soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. So there's a, there's a spirit of heaviness in the world today. And there's a spirit of fear in the world today. And it seems everywhere that we turn, we're overwhelmed with constant negativity. And even Christians, even believers, brothers and sisters in Christ are dividing over everything. We're, we're arguing over everything. Everything. And... We're even sometimes disagreeing on the Word of God instead of, now catch this and let this hit you hard, disagreeing over even the Word of God when we're supposed to be sharing the Word of God with the rest of the world. That's what the still small voice of God tells us. But the notifications remind us of this. And so-and-so said, and the notifications remind us of that and get us all riled up so that we're not sharing but we're arguing and we're divided. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, I beseech you, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. What? No divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Paul also said, in Galatians 5.15, If ye bite and devour one another, take heed ye be not consumed one of another. He also tells us in 1 Timothy 4.7, Refuse, listen, Refuse profane wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. So what is he saying there? He's saying reject 
silly stories, don't have anything to do with worthless, senseless stories, and don't waste time arguing over godless ideas. And that's what every notification is about, if you think about it. Is it not? All those things. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 2. I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's all Paul was concerned with. That's what Paul cared about. He's basically saying, if it's not about Jesus, don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. Because Paul knew his hope and his strength and his salvation is in Jesus. It's not in how accurately and how, what's the word I'm looking for, intelligently we can argue a point or, a, or an idea. It is my salvation is in Jesus Christ. And that's what the still, small voice of God reminds me of and wants to tell me. And you know what? As Christians, this is confusing as well. You know, we talk about the coming of, of Jesus, Jesus coming back. And we talk about wars and rumors of wars and nations rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes in diverse places, famines, troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. And when we see these things happening, we get all bent out of shape as if we can stop what has been prophesied from happening. What has been prophesied is going to happen. And we have to ask ourselves, are we ready for Jesus to come back or not? We hope for the best, and we'd like for things to be different. But Scripture tells us what to look for and what we can count on happening. And as the day quickly approaches, things getting worse. Does that mean we just give up and don't try? No. But it's going to happen. It is going to happen. It is a sure thing. You know, I also don't understand how, as Christians we can share things and this is what our phones and the importance of having a phone in our hand does to us we share things that are so hateful as christians and as angry christians we even sometimes share almost with a smile on our face that people are going to go to hell and that should not bring that should not bring a smile to any of our faces we don't want anybody to go to hell. Paul, Paul, who has a lot to say in our message today, in 2 Timothy 2, 5, he said, Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth they shall be turned unto fables but watch thou in all things endure afflictions do the work of an evangelist make full proof of thy ministry are we doing the work of evangelist are we are we proving the truth of the word of god or are we sharing fables and more concerned about things that don't have God in them than God, what God says Himself. 
Because spreading fear is not, and this is important, spreading fear is not spreading the gospel. God has not given us the spirit of fear, right? He hasn't done that. Plain and simple. He has given us power and love and a sound mind. And there is a hell, and except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. So hell is a very real place. And never, even in jest, should we say, they're going to hell. Because it is a very real place. And we see in Matthew 25, among other places, but Matthew 25 has a lot to say about hell. Everlasting punishment. Outer darkness. Second Thessalonians, utter destruction. So we don't want to see anyone go to hell. And we don't even want to joke about it. But you, what you and I are supposed to be doing, according to the still small vo- voice of God, we're supposed to be sowing, and we're supposed to be watering, and then we let God give the increase. That's what you and I do. That's what we are supposed to do. So what God told Elijah in those verses, he's saying the same thing to us. He is saying to us, I am not in the wind, I am not in the earthquake, I am not in the fire. Maybe to make it more modern, we can say that God is saying, I'm not in the news feed, I'm not in your notifications, I'm not going to be, you're not going to find me while you're scrolling down. God says, I'm not in the distractions. He is not in those, he's not in the earthquake, he's not in the fire, he's not in the notifications, he's not in the news feed, he is away from the distractions, he is not in those things. So what he's telling us here, what he told Elijah, he's telling us, he's telling us to listen to him and to look for his still small voice and to get away, and this is the challenge, to get away from the other voices because you and I need, we need the voice of God. We need to hear the still small voice of God. When, when you know why we have frown lines and wrinkles? Everybody, everybody's listening up now. Because we're worried. And we're not listening to the still small voice of God. Why, why are we not smiling more? Why do we not have a, a pleasant disposition? Why is our joy not evident? It's because we're not listening to the voice of God. We need to hear that voice that tells us, Hey, I am the God that healeth you. I am the God that healeth thee. He says that he heals the brokenhearted. He delivers the captives. He recovers sight to the blind and liberty to those who are bruised. God's voice is a voice that tells us that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. It's a voice of deliverance. It's a voice of revival. It's a voice of forgiveness and freedom and hope and joy and restoration. And his voice is a voice of strength. How strong do you feel after looking at your newsfeed and reading all your notifications, how strong do you feel when you hear and take heed to the voice of God, what God is trying to tell us? That voice that says, hey, you're my child. You have a purpose in your life. You are a royal priesthood. You're a chosen people. You're a holy nation. You are my possession. You are my handiwork. You are more than conquerors. You're a new creation because the old has passed away and the new has come. 
It's a voice that says these precious words right here. Peace I leave with you. Not peace as the world gives do I leave with you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We use this verse and this reference so much at funerals. But it is a perfect reference for daily living. Let not your heart be troubled. Peace I give you. Don't we need that? Well, who's telling the truth about this virus? This side says this. This side says that. And that's just one issue. There's so many. And yet God says, let not your heart be troubled. I give you peace. Not as the world gives. Look what the world has given you. Wrinkles and frown lines. Look what I give you. Peace. Peace. And if all we're getting from all this information that we're receiving and all these notifications, if all we're getting is exhausted and aggravated and upset and confused and we feel like we're running in circles, then we have to know it's not from God. If we're confused, it's not from God because He is not the author of what? He is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. So that seems to be the key here, doesn't it? The key is peace. Peace. Peace I leave with you. He, he, he gives us peace. He leaves us in peace. He does not leave us in pieces like this world does. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us a lot about being in peace, about the God of peace, the peace of God, the peace from God. So if I can't find any peace in what I'm hearing, if I'm not getting any peace in the notifications that I'm receiving, then I need to go to the one who promised peace in the first place. And that's what we're not willing to do. We're not willing to turn things off. We're not willing to turn the world off to listen to, for, that, for that voice, to get along with God and, and turn that phone off and find a place, find that place where He makes us lie down and green pastures and He leads us beside still waters and He restores our soul. That is more than just a pretty poem and something to insert inside of a sympathy card. That's the truth of the reality of a, of a believer when they're listening to the still small voice of God. We let His Word, I mean, we've used so much Scripture this morning, and for a reason, because we want His Word to guide us, to be that lamp unto our feet and that light unto our path. And we want to hear what He has to say. We want to hear what He has to say. We want to have that that we just want to have a little talk with Jesus, right? Just a little talk with Jesus. But we will not be able to have a little talk with Him if He has to talk over the notification sounds and if He has to talk over Fox News and if He has to talk over YouTube. He's not going to shout over those things. If He wasn't in the earthquake and He wasn't, he wasn't in all that noise, 
He's not going to be there either. He's going to be away from the distractions of life because he knows what the distractions of life can do. They will rob us of our peace. Our scripture that we read at the beginning in, in, in Kings, right before that happened, Jezebel, again, Jezebel had sent a messenger to Elijah. And she was telling Elijah, she gave him a notification that he was going to die. And after he got that notification, remember he got really depressed. Really depressed and, and full of self-pity. And he even prayed that God would take his life. But see, that's the intention of messages. Messages are sent with an intention for the person that receives it. And I'm going to tell you, nine times out of ten, the messages that are sent probably don't have your best interest at heart. But we never have to worry about God's intentions when he gives us a message. Never. Because he's always got our best interest at heart. And he, his words always line up with themselves. Because he knows the plans. He knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you hope and to give you a future. That's, that's the notification he wants you and me to receive. And you know, this notification that Elijah got caused him to forget everything that God had just done. Do you remember what God had done before this instance in Scripture? Do you remember what happened? God had just proven himself to be the one true God in front of all the prophets of Baal when he sent fire from heaven to consume the offering. Elijah forgot all about that. He forgot about the cloud that was the size of a man's hand that was going to end the famine in the land. He forgot all about that with just one notification. He forgot everything that God had just done. Which makes me wonder, if, if it's that easy to forget what God has done, then who is the messenger here? Who is the messenger that's sending us all these notifications that is getting us all worked up? Possibly the enemy? Because here's what the enemy does. He cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. So sometimes I wonder if we're allowing the enemy to have access to us through this delivery service that we call our cell phone. You know... You can be having a great day. You could be listening to preaching through your phone or, or worship music on your phone. Uh, maybe, you're, <clears throat> maybe you're reading your, your daily devotion and you're just really into it. And maybe you're to the point of tears thinking about the beautiful, wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. And then all of a sudden you get a notification. And you say, hang on, God. And you go to that notification and you never make it back. You never finish. And you forget all about the moment that you just had with the Savior because this notification has taken your mind off of it. And isn't that what the enemy does? He has come to steal. The thief has come to steal. If he can steal you away in that moment, he is very happy and very pleased. And so, just like Elijah, through one notification, we can forget everything and we end up in a very dark place and we end up feeling isolated. But all we need, church, and this is the beauty of it, all we need is a word from God to turn things around. 
a notification from him with his still small voice. You know, it wasn't the wind, it wasn't the earthquake, it wasn't the fire. It was the still small voice of God. It was the word of God that changed things around, that deleted that message that caused him to feel defeated and allowed Elijah to leave that place with a new vision and with new hope and new fire. The still small voice of God, the word of God. The word of God. I'm getting very close to finishing. But let me say this. You, 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 you think about hearing from God, listening to God, the still small voice of God. You're not going to hear God with an audible voice like you're hearing my voice. He doesn't lead us with an audible voice. But those of us who worship God, and that's us in here, we worship God according to Scripture. We worship God in spirit and in truth. So we are led internally. We are led internally in the heart where Christ dwells. That's how He leads us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we, we also can experience the renewing of our mind as we get to know the truth of God. All these scripture references that we've used this morning, that's the truth of God. And these things, as we hear them, though we've heard them before, they are renewing us. They're renewing our mind as we, as we know the truth of God. So when our heart and our mind are engaged and they are in agreement with the Word of God, that is what God's leading is like. That is what the still, small voice of God is like. It's a heart desire. It's basically what the new covenant is. It is His passions, His laws, and His desires written on our hearts. And as we learned last week, not wicked hearts, but obedient hearts. So what we have, our hearts are compatible with God, and we can be led from the heart because they are full of God's desires. As long as we're getting His notifications and not allowing something to take our mind off of it. So, what we don't need is some spectacular notification that we're going to get when all of our alerts are on. As a matter of fact, I encourage you and me to turn our alerts off. We don't have to have all that noise. We don't need all that noise because that noise steals us away from where we need to be. Turn them off. Let's turn them off for a while and let's practice hearing the still small voice of God. So practically, William, how do I do that? You're doing it right now. What we're doing here today, you're listening. Now I'm up here running my mouth and my voice is going through the, the system for you to hear, but the truth that is coming that I'm reading, especially from the Word of God, that's the still small voice of God speaking to us, helping us to understand and see Yes, I need to remember that. That's the truth. I forgot about that. That is right. We're here worshiping God. And that's one way we can hear the still small voice. We're worshiping God the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are hearing and we're reading and we're singing the words of God the Father from the Bible. 
And when we hear the word preached, we respond to those words as we confess our sin. We respond to those words as we confess our faith in Jesus and what he's done. We respond to those as we give our offering of our gifts and as we sing praises and as we submit our prayers and our thanksgiving and to, to the one whose word envelops everything that we do here. That's why it's a good thing to come to church. We don't come to keep people off our backs. We don't come so people will look at us favorably because if we didn't do anything else right all week, we went to church. We don't come to get checked off so that we can get a, a pen for, great, for, for perfect attendance. We come because when we come and we're open to it, we hear the voice of God as He speaks to us. And you know, sometimes, sometimes it's the only time in a course of a week where we hear the voice of God. And that's sad for many reasons because He's available all day long, every day. And as we, as we hear and as we, as we get notified and as we are reminded and as, we, as it vibrates and tells us that we're getting ready to hear something great, it's pulling us away from where we need to be. Am I telling you to throw these things away? No. But it has its place. Let's give Him His place in our lives. And this peace that seems to be eluding us, that causes us to be afraid every time we wake up, because what are we going to hear today? What kind of news is going to be given today that's going to rock my world and turn my life upside down? We don't have to live that life. We can wake up and we can say, I got the peace of God. He gave it to me. I'm in His hands today. Nothing can touch me unless He allows it. And if He does, there's a purpose behind it. Which reminds me again that he's got a plan for my life. And I'm important to him. These other people, these other things, they don't care a thing about me. Their intentions are not good. But his are always good. So church, let's get his notifications. Let's make that a priority every single day. You will not find it wearisome but you will find it rejuvenating and strength-giving and powerful in your life in a way that nothing else is. So listen, listen to that still, small voice. Turn the noise down. If it's not this, maybe it's the radio. If it's not the radio, maybe it's the television. But all of us have something Something that is vying for our attention. And if the enemy can use that to get us away from a moment that we need to have with God, he's going to do it. 